I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Gavin Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and as ever I'm joined by the fabulous Scott Hodge. Hi Colin, it's a better intro this week. Yeah, I know, it's, it's only fair to balance it up. And the wonderful Mr Graham Curry. Graham, how are you doing? Very well. Hi Colin, hi Scott. This, these are always a, this is always a tough time to do a show, the dreaded international week. Um, we all gave our opinions on it last week, but Graham. Are you a fan of the international football or is this just um, it's just a delay in real football for you? No, I'm not a fan. Um used to be a big fan and I do try to get excited. I'm not one of the ones that dismiss it outright, but I just can't get excited for it. I did go to the pub to watch the Israel game and get kicked out at 2010. The last he came around, turned the tail off and kicked us all out, so... Wasn't the best experience, but to be honest, it could have got turned half an hour before because it was absolutely hopeless to watch. Did you watch the rest of the game through the window, or did you just go here like a normal person? No, I went through. We found another pub, stood outside the pub, and watched through the window, and yeah, cheered the penalties going in. <laughs> there you go. That that's commitment. That fell does fell does. So into the the world of Rangers then. So since we last uh, all spoke, um. Rangers made a transfer deadline uh, signing, Bungani Zungu. I'll be honest, boys, I didn't think this was ever going to happen purely because it was in the papers so early on. This was this has been in the papers for months. It's tended to be that any time anytime Rangers have signed someone, it's just been completely out of the blue. Scott, I know you're not big in your South African football, but by all reports, he looks to be a, a combative midfielder, very good on the ball, somebody who can 
almost kind of, kind of in the Davis mode where you can pick a pass for deep uh, some of the South African journals have described him as a quarterback role in the midfield on paper is this a good signing what do you think? Aye, obviously <clears throat> we don't really know too much about him to be honest but from what the reports are saying sort of going deeper I don't know if that's necessarily the type of player um, that we really wanted. I really wanted somebody who was going to affect it further up the pitch because I feel as though we sit too deep sometimes. So I think somebody who can sort of drive the ball forward, uh, take a man on, split the defence open. Now, I'd say he might be that player. I've got absolutely no idea. But that's the sort of midfielder I thought I'd be, be looking for. Uh, just something a bit more spark because you look at our midfield just now and apart from a rebo, um and possibly our field, the only really ones that want have a real natural ability to go forward. So I hope he's going to give that sort of spark and sort of cover a lot of grass and things like that. So um, I think it's a, a good bit of business. It was it was quite interesting to see the the sort of the details of the loan as well. I think everyone assumed that we could sign him in a free in January and things, and obviously that's been sort of um, that's been sort of crushed. It's, they signed a year um, extension, so they get a fee for him at the end. So there's probably been a bit of sort of um, toy throwing between you know the player and the, and the club and things, um, and then they realise that they're potentially going to lose him for nothing. So I think it's about two point seven million if it's permanent. So I think that is good business. We can try him out for a year. We seem to have this knack of picking up a centre midfielder on loan like Koulibaly and and Ajaria and the. They start wonderfully and then they, they just seem to fall off the edge of a cliff. So hopefully that doesn't happen with, with Zungo and we can make him permanent uh, next year. Graham, Scott touched on that. Probably a valid concern there. Um, as a midfield as a midfield filled with too many uh, defensive thinking midfielders. So, you know, if Rangers were to set up as a 43, for example, you'd imagine it'd be Kamara or Jack alongside Davis or Zumbu, and then probably as is looking at Arfield or Aribo, given that kind of attacking outlet. Do you think that's enough in the midfield in terms of the forward play? Do you think we have, think we have a, good enough, um, a, a good enough amount of players in the attacking options, like, say, our strikers and wingers, to have only Arfield and Aribo? I don't know why we're ruling out Hadji and other players who do play up for the, for the forward um, and who's to say that Zungu won't become a, a forward player you know, he might be coach he's only 27 so coming into his peak as a midfielder he might be he might be earmarked by the coaching staff to think you know that we, we see a specific role for this guy and as Scott was saying as well it's a it's maybe a calculated gamble with this guy he could just be a, a superstar superstar in the making that we don't even know you know he could just be there Played in Africa nations, Africa Cup of Nations. He's um, my wife's South African, so I tend to kind of keep an eye on the the, the South African national team anyway. Um, so I've seen a wee bit of him, but not enough to be able to make a, a, a fair assessment on him. But no, I think it could be a, it could be a gamble that, that that's worth paying off. And as this season is a very strange season, we're, we're having people across the country drop out because of this virus. So we might need a big squad. We might need a big squad to cope with as the as the season goes on. Um, no, I can only see it as a positive. One thing that does look to be in his favour is 
he is he seems to be of superstar status in South Africa. I mean people people compare him to he's like kind of David Beckham stardom in South Africa. He's got and I think I think Rangers Twitter um was testament to that, the amount of amount of followers that the Rangers page got and just the amount of comments by South African fans all genuinely buzzing that Zungus went to a you know a, a club with a big name like ourselves. It it does it does carry that kind of persona. So hopefully he does have the talent to live up to it. Talking of gambles then, so the last the last week or so has been filled with rumours on uh, around Jack Wilshire coming to Rangers. You know, it's <laughs> a lot of conversations been back and forth, Scott to A. Is this a realistic rumour? Is this a realistic option that Jack Wilshire could come to Rangers? And B, if he does, is he worth taking a punt? Because, you know, it'd be the most Rangers thing to do to, to sign someone like him with his injury history. What's your thoughts on it? I think you need to look at it, obviously, the, the, the two obvious sides. So you look at it from the players' side and, and the club side. So in the players' side, would they want to drop down to... Scottish Premier League, which we know isn't the most attractive um, for somebody that's played, you know, for England. Some people might view it as a, you know, a nail in the coffin in terms of his career. But at the end of the day, he's not played regular football in a number of years. But in Europe, it could be a real opportunity to for him to, you know, progress and and get that big move. I'm I'm sure he wouldn't spend the likes of 10 years or something, you know, <laughs> at Rangers, if he, was, if he was good, he'd be looking at it and maybe a one or two year deal, he's going to take a cut in his wages. But then again, if he's on 100 grand, he can't be short of a few bob. And, he, and from everything he's saying on, you know, what his interview, I know he's in talk sport and he was posting in his social media, he wants to be playing football. Rangers would definitely give him that platform as much as his... Um, as much as his injury, you know, would would you know his injury problems have, have led to him. So, I think in terms of the player, it's a it's a great move. If he goes to another West Ham or something in the Premier League, there's every chance that he's he's just going to be a bit part player again, and he obviously wants to be one of the most important players at the club. So, I think that ticks the boxes for him, and you know, gives him a chance in Europe. And I don't think there's many clubs that would take a punt on him to go into a, a European sort of stage. In terms of the club, obviously it would be one of, if not the highest end of the club. And he says he's been fit for months. I think this, the appeal of, of Stephen Jet playing under Stephen Gerrard as well um, must be massive. I mean, you would. I said it when we signed Gerrard, like if you've got a player like Jack Wilshire, would you go to Rangers or Celtic? Gerrard brings that fact that I want to play in this team under instead of like, another manager. So I think that could be appealing to him as well. So I'd love to see it happen, uh, even if it's a, a risk for a, a year, a year or two. I know there's pay-as-you-play sort of contract talking about. I can't see that happening, but um, I'm, I'm all for it and would love to, to see him. Um, it would be, I think, some people compare them to Gaza, and I know Graham will have a, a laugh at, at that about like, the two abilities and things, but it would be, a, you know quite a similar in stature signing um, if you know what I mean it would be a, a real statement of intent I think with somebody in Jack Wilshire's position I think it really all is down to what he wants from the game 
So if he's still driven by money, then he, he can stay in the in the championship or even the bottom end of the Premier League and he'll continue to make his fortunes. If he is wanting to get back into playing regular football at a half decent level and then get a bigger move elsewhere to a, a kind of you know, playing at a higher level because we need to we need to be realistic around where Scotland is. Is the fact that Rangers are now in the Europa League group stage, will that appeal to Jack Wilshire? I can't see this move happening. I don't see it in the player that would like to come. I don't think we should either. <clears throat> I don't think we should be approaching the deal unless it is a, what Scott mentioned, a pay-as-you-play. That would be the only way I would accept this deal. He's just... Looking at his stats here, um, 57 games in the last 10 years. That's six a season, six games a season, he said. So that is a concern. I know there's other factors in that, that he's maybe fell out with West Ham in the last um, last season or two and he's not actually been considered for selection. But no, it's no one for me. I don't I don't think it's a, a good move. It's too much of a gamble. It would, it, if it was... Pays you play, possibly, but I don't see the player accepting those terms, in which case he's probably going to want, what, 30, 40 grand? And we just, I don't think that's worth that. I don't think that's worth the risk. Given what we just said earlier about the amount of midfielders that we've got, and we seem to be dominating midfield, and certainly in the, SP, in the Scottish games, we're, we're definitely dominating the midfield, so there's no need to splash out a big amount of our expenditure on what one player when maybe it could be used elsewhere. I think I'm probably in the same boat as you, Graham, where you know if you look at how well a midfield has been doing with the likes of Arfield Jack and sorry, Arfield Davis and Kamara still looking such a solid unit and that's without the likes of Ryan Jack and Joe Arrivo coming back for injury. I think adding Zungro into that we should that should be probably the main area we don't worry about this year because where we fell back, fell down the last couple of years is we haven't had MD to come in when Davis, Jack and Kamara have been off the boil. I think unless, you know, unless this is heavily in the club's favour, I can't see it happening either because I do, I do, I don't want to, I don't want to sound naive here or big Rangers up too much, but you know, the, the club have the club are in a better position with this deal than Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire needs the right platform to try and kickstart his career. Rangers aren't in need of a midfielder, so I wouldn't want us to be bent over a barrel for a position that we're not necessarily struggling in. Although, yes, he is such a talented player and uh, Xavi was in the papers uh, the last couple of days. Oh, I don't actually know who the interview was. The Daily Record reported that they had an interview with him, but did they fuck have an interview with Xavi? Not a chance Keith Jackson gets on the phone to him. But basically, Xavi said that if Jack Wilshire came on to came up to Scotland, he would be the best midfielder, arguably the best player in the league, and it's hard to argue with that. But I think we'll just wait and see where, where this one goes. Um Speaking of money, Rangers shouldn't be, be too short of it. News came out on Friday that Stuart Gibson is now the fourth largest shareholder in the club. Um, after last Tuesday's share issue, he's invested another £4 million into the club. So I don't know if you know too much about Stuart Gibson. I've had a quick read up on him. He's made his fortunes in Asia. You know, he's a... Uh, 
he's a CEO of a, a property company, um, and I think that market seems to be a lot more stable over there than it is in the in the West. And you know, he's he's definitely got a a bit of money behind him. Scott, we've got every right to kind of feel a bit concerned any time somebody comes knocking the door with millions of pounds after what's happened in the last 10-15 years but given he doesn't have an overwhelming majority, Dave King still is a majority shareholder then Douglas Park is in front of him as well That this should be seen as welcome news as an investor coming in with the right people still there to run the club Aye, obviously everybody has concerns over people, you know, just just putting you know, investing in the club or whatever, buying shares, and you do, you do worry just of what we went through. But yeah, as you say, it's it's um, it's obviously, you know, a, a bit of a better, you'd hope a bit of a better situation with the likes of you know Dave King still still the majority shareholder and things. So yeah, po- positive news and on that front as well. Um, and you know, it's it's welcome news as well. With, you know, it's this, the club seems to be in a, a lot better position, I think, and the, the improvements around the club sort of back that up, I feel, as well. So, um, yeah, really positive news. Graham, the only question I had with this, um, and uh, it's around Club 1872, obviously they are looking to try and reach the, I think it's uh, the 12% shareholding they're trying to get to, and when that gives them a kind of veto in any major decisions made by the club and it gets them a seat at the table, effectively. You know, the Club 1872 are still putting money into the, the club every month uh, through their, uh, their own membership scheme. Obviously, this year, issues diluted a lot of their shares, um, and that will probably knock them back a peg or two. Do you think that's much of a a big issue at the moment or where do you stand in the whole um, fan part owned for the club? Yeah, I think it's got to go, it has to go in that direction they need to keep building that that shareholding and get that percentage, I wasn't aware of the 12% but if that is if that is the threshold then yeah I think that I don't know the threshold but what I'm saying that um, veto position needs to be reached I think by, by the fans at some point um, we're saying here that we don't know much about Stuart Gibson. I don't think many people do, so we're all sceptical. You know, why is he investing? Does he see it as a as a an investment for to make profit, or is he a is he a fan, or is he is he just pumping it in for the good of, good of his health? Um, you you said he's he's made his money in Asia. I mean, do you know where whereabouts is that? I think it's Japan, China, South Korea, or these main. Um, I think Japan is the biggest source of his income. Right. Okay. Okay. No, just interesting because the, the 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 rights to the India, Indian uh, football, so the SPFL rights get awarded to Rangers this month. Um, and I was just wondering if there was any connection there between India and his business uh, business interests in Asia. But maybe that's not the case. That's just a just a coincidence. Just before we come to that, because that is um, that is quite a um, a big bit of news. But the last thing, Stuart Gibson, I think where I'm taking a bit of comfort from it looks as if talks between him and Dave Kind started back in March and April. That's when he was first on the scene. So if it's taken this long for him to 
get get money put in the club. Maybe there there has been the right amount of background checking and the right amount of due diligence done by the club. So that's maybe something that you know is it's absolutely fair play for anybody going to panic stations um, anytime we see this happening. But um, I still have, I, I do still have faith in the the board um, since they came in and took over the the spivs. So hopefully this is just another move in the right direction. Graham, we'll stick with you. Um, have you have you read any much of this um, the, the ending TV deal? Yeah, only just what's on the on the Rangers website. I've seen it and you know got my interest. We've also signed uh, for the Rangers women team. We've got the is it Bala the girl's name. Mm-hmm. So, so she's a massive star in India. I think the first ever Indian professional football player, um, female Indian professional football player, and there is a big interest in her. So uh, yeah, that's it is, um, it's exciting to see things like that. We're obviously developing these connections throughout the world. That's us now, and I don't know if we'll do the same with the South African boy that signed as well. If we get that, those rights, that's just more money making throughout the world, you know, that we're just this untapped resource for for income for us. Um, but I, and that's not just, that won't just be um, the rights to the TV. The whole point of that is that it's then broadcast to the to that country, which has got a massive population who would then purchase for merchandise. Hopefully we then purchase our merchandise. So, uh, yeah, so, so Rangers do have the, the advertising um priority before before each game during half time and after the game for for this TV deal in India which you're right this is a massive massive opportunity to push <laughs> push the Rangers brand down down the throats and billions of people uh, worldwide if we can do this elsewhere. Scott, is that maybe something that we're a bit away doing and we need we need to have a big push on Rangers Rangers as a brand, you know, to us it's a football club, but worldwide uh, as a brand, along, it's fair to say, alongside Celtic, the Rangers and Celtic come hand in hand, but we've got the Orange County SC link in America, we've got the, you know, the links in India now as well, you mentioned South Africa, maybe part of the Zingo deal is just what Real Madrid used to, used to do for years, they'd buy the highest profile name for the English Premiership just as a marketing tool, I um I think I think in terms of your point, are we behind? Absolutely, it's it should have been done years ago. But the club was in such a mess, and the priority was obviously rebuilding the team, trying to be a force, you know, working our way up the divisions. And even when we've got back into the, the you know, the SPL or the top tier, like you look back and until Gerard come in, it was just it was so it was a mess all over. You know what I mean? It was just. Obviously, we had you know like the Sports Direct and everything with Mike Ashley. Like you just look at all the mess, and it just ugh, I think now is the time. And as I say, it's it's good we're going on to to that now, you know, and and looking at these ventures. But I'd I'd hate for us to sign a player just because they're going to you know bring us in X amount, and we feel as though we need to play them like that. That should never be the model for any football club for me personally. But absolutely, if there's a there's a player available, um, you know, that, that meets our standard and going to improve our team. Yeah, we sign him, and you know, you get what's is it, um, Bisgrover? You know, the you know he should be 
you know, looking into that and say that we've got a massive opportunity here to to sell Rangers to to South Africa. And as you say, merchandise, TV rights, and everything that should be number one priority. I mean, the, the biggest the the example I think of is a uh, Chikorito Hernandez, who when he was at Man U, like. I don't have the figures, but like there was millions and millions of people in Mexico watching Man United games who never watched that before, and they just became obsessed with the club. And obviously, made an I know Man U are massive, but you know they made an impact to them, and they had just a new following in South America. We should be, you know, looking at that as well for for players. I seen we also signed a, a player from Oregon County, a goalkeeper, didn't we? So again, I'm I'm sure he's not a a US superstar, but yeah, looking at models like that, you know, acting Rangers' best interests. The Orange County line, so that keeper is, forgive me, I, I know he's he's Aaron, somebody I forgot his surname, but he has represented the USA under 19 level quite a few times. So the Orange County like, you know, that's last season we had Danny Finlinson and Cammy, well, this current season, sorry, Danny Finlinson and Cammy Palmer out there on loan who both have stood out. So Danny Finlayson's now came back and we've loaned him out to Samarin with an obligation to buy. So, you know, if these boys are going for the Rangers Youth Academy, standing out over there, and if they're never going to make it in the Rangers, that's fine, but they're getting a decent move elsewhere. The club are getting a bit of money from it. And in the meantime, you know, Orange County fans will know that these, these boys came for Rangers. That brand name will be there again. And I really hope that, you know, there's a bit of a, you know, bit of a spinning door between the Rangers youth team and Orange County. I'd like to see, when Cammy Palmer goes back, I'd like to see two two players who are right for Orange County who need a good loan move in a different environment. I'd want that to be something quite regular. It's that different environment, Colin, that's, <clears throat> I think, really important is these young boys are mollycuddled. No, I, Maybe they're not, but that's unfair. But they're, they're so protected in, in Glasgow and they're sheltered. They're just young boys, you know. If they can get out and apply their trade abroad in a completely different country, that's the making of that's the making of somebody. You know, you're going to have to um, man up. Basically, you're not going to have the people in about you that you that you you rely on. So. That's a really important thing for me as well to send these young boys out to to develop them as as people as well. Absolutely, and you know if you think if worst case scenario from this is now, like I said, Danny Finlayson comes back and we sell him to St Mirren, and we're making a bit of money on it. I I'm much more comfortable with that than sending a player out to Clyde, for example. He doesn't do well and he just gets lost in the system. You know if. Um, I'm probably going a bit too much into this, but if you look at the Rangers youth set up, you want even the, not every player is going to make it into the Rangers first team, but you want players to have a decent career afterwards, and then it will encourage players to come. You know, the likes of Charlie Lindsay to come to know that even if I don't make it into the Rangers, then I'm going to have a good career elsewhere. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, yeah, I remember um, Alex Ferguson saying that, and there was a start at the time, maybe late 90s or early 2000s, where he was saying that every single graduate of his youth academy became a professional football player. Might not have made it at Man United, but they had themselves a successful career, and it was that um, that grounding that they got, that education that they got, that um, allowed them to have that career. So I know what you're saying there, and it, it attracts the best players as well. If the if you had that record behind you, like you're saying with, with Alex Ferguson, the best players were going to come to Rangers. If we had some something similar to that, and you know, that can only be good and there'll be more and more people breaking through. Nah, there's positive signs for this B-squad, or the newly created B-squad. There's, there's a lot of good signs coming out of it. Just when we mentioned the B-squad, they actually had a, a friendly against Albion Rovers uh, the weekend and they won 2-1. They came from 1-0 behind. What were, what I really liked about it is when you think about the B-squads, for most teams, they are going to be the players who don't play for the top team um, on a Saturday, you know, so for Rangers, it, it could quite easily be the likes of George Edmondson, Nathan Patterson and stuff who aren't featuring from the bench. Rangers B, the Rangers B team for the last four or five weeks has been filled with 18, 19 year olds. Um, there's a, a really big push in our players to punch above their weight. So you look at the likes of Chris McKee, he's only 17, I think. He scored both goals. Nathan Young Coombs, he's about 18. Um, I really like the setup with, with Rangers, where even at under 18 level, there's 16 year olds playing. They're always that kind of punching above their weight. So, move, moving into first team affairs, then. The news uh, broke just before we, we started recording. Thankfully, it broke before, not after we finished recording. Stephen Gerrard will not face a touchline ban for the comments made after, I think, was it the Dundee United game when uh, Alfredo Morelos left the pitch with a fucking hole in his leg? Um, there, this shouldn't have ever been a thing, Scott. Um, there's no surprises here, is there? Not at all, no. It was a, it was a shocking one, really. It's... <sighs> I see. See when I'm, I'm uh, when I was thinking about this one, I was trying to say right. Obviously, I'm going to be the biggest biased, you know, person looking at this and say it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't be a, you know, a sanction or whatever. But I honestly like he's just speaking the truth. The amount of unfair treatment that Alfredo Morelos has had, and he's quite within his right to to say that. Like with that. Yes, he's been in a, a few times and blah, blah, blah. He's made a few mistakes. 
that's fine. But there's definitely proof where referees have, you know, treated that of Morelos different. So he's he's not, and he's not even said anything overly critical about the referee or anything. He's just saying he'd like to see that scenario if it was him going on it. And he, he's quite right. And, you know, as I say, I'm trying to look at it from a completely neutral and but unbiased view as the, as the SFA we hope we should do. But it's, it was just an absolute farce, to be honest. And it's, it's, thankfully, they've, they've seen sense and not, you know, pressed on many disciplinary action. I, I think... think yeah. you go again. I think they might have got a bit of a fright because as soon as that charge was brought against Gerard, he was saying, I'll be speaking to my solicitors. I think he was going to take that out of the hands of Rangers and bring it into his own. I, I think he was, going, he was willing to go all the way on that and say, hold on, I'm expressing an opinion here. You can't, you can't stop me from expressing an opinion. So I think the SFA might have got the shiters up them and I've just had to, had to withdraw this quickly. I know it wasn't quickly in terms of the, the length of time it took to get the panel together and stuff like that, but I think that was um, definitely on their minds. I find that as well, and I'm I'm cynical. I genuinely think that there was there was darker thoughts at play when they issued this um, hearing. They issued the hearing the same day as the SFA when asked when asked the government for a um, a support loan to to help their clubs. Um, I think, am I wrong in saying there's every chance this should, could have been a deflection tool? You know, that this would have grabbed the headlines a lot a lot quicker than the SFA need financial support. Yeah, that's paranoia. <laughs> ah, well, somebody, somebody shot me down, that's fine. Um, but all in all, I'm, I'm glad it's, as much as it was, a straightforward case in our eyes and it should never have been a case. Things things like this have went the wrong way but before. So I'm glad that I'm glad that common sense common sense has prevailed. Now on... back, Colin, that gets all the way back to Sunus. That kind of was one of the factors that made him leave, I think. He was driven out by the SFA. He was up in charges every second week. Sunus was getting getting uh, cited. So it goes back years and years and years. This isn't a new thing. They've just obviously got it in for us and we'll try any means that we can. And I'm the paranoid one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so on to the actual, actual football side then, we've had quite a few players out in international duty. So, you know, we've got some of our lone players, like the two McCrollys in Scotland squad, a few lone players out playing under 21s, but we'll stick to actually the players who are in their current first team squad out playing international football. We'll start with Northern Ireland first and foremost. Um, it's really good to see Jordan Jones get 90 minutes. He he played yesterday, I believe. But grabbing the headlines, Scott, Stephen Davis, 120 caps. That's just that's a phenomenal achievement, is it not? It's remarkable. I we were we were saying last week as well, like to play a hundred and well, that's hundred and twenty one now, to to get to that level amount of games is just ridiculous for a, an international footballer. That just it's it's an absolute credit to the to the club and uh, you know, obviously his country as well. It's 
you know, he's, he's still performing at such a high standard as well. When you raised the point last week, like when Beckham was, you know, like England, they were just giving him what, five minutes at the end and stuff like that. Stephen Davis is their most important player. It just shows you how how big a talent he is. Just um, everything that you, you can you can say has been said before, but he's just an absolute uh, testament. Just a, a model professional in terms of you know how he behaves sort of on and off the pitch. So um, sort of full marks to him, and that's that's him the most outcapped. Uh, sorry, the most capped outfield player now in Britain. Um, he, he overtook uh, Wayne Rooney, I think it was. So I'm pretty sure uh, with uh, with his game on game on uh, Thursday. So and and you got to think as well. He's he's, he's only going to add caps to that, um, especially if Northern Ireland uh, qualify for the Euros as well. It will just be it will just go up and up. So uh, no, absolute superb achievement and um, a gallant few sort of send on there. Their congratulations to him. Absolutely, and I don't think we can hit at home that point enough that he's there on merit. You know, we see it time and time again. Uh, international managers are sentimental, and they'll give they'll give superstars like Asian superstars the the last five minutes to the last five aye. minutes. Oh, oh, sorry, I they'll give the last five minutes. But do you ever do you remember uh, Rooney had a had a game? It was like a testimonial game. It was the stupidest thing. I know it was going. Like, the money was going to like is 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 charity, which is which is fine. But that's just giving caps out for the sake of it. You know what I mean? Like you don't play an international fixture just to you know for the sake of it. He hadn't played for England in about three or four years or something. He's getting these games, but that's what I mean. Davis has just sort of played at the top. You know the top level for for all this time. Yeah, and played there at merit. Brilliant. Graham, um, since you were watching the Scotland game through the through the the wet wet windy of some Ayrshire pub, no doubt. John McLaughlin, I think there's a, an argument he should be starting for for Scotland. As a if not, there's not much between De- him and David Marshall. Am I just being biased there? Possibly, yeah. Um... Marshall's got the gloves, so it's he's got the jersey, so it's hard. How do you get it off him? They've not been beat in the last, I don't know what the, the stat is, six or seven games, or keeping clean sheets. So I think it would be harsh to take the gloves off Marshall. Um, he's been a servant for Scotland for a long, long time, so he probably um, deserves it. I mean, I guess you're only saying that now because he's at Rangers and he said a a good start to the season. I mean, he's keeping clean sheets in the Scottish Premier League, so um, no, nah, I don't think it's right that he just gets handed the handed the gloves. Unfortunately, I would like to see him and and go and get these caps, um, but no. Nah. Is this why uh, you don't invite Graham back on after this? This is the only time you get challenged, Colin. To be fair, so <laughs> I know you won't be invited back, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't get the memo. Whoever hosts <laughs> his absolute totalitarianism. <laughs> but no, that's fair, fair news for him. My second question on the goalkeeping situation for Scotland is how far away is Robbie McCrory for being a serious number one contender from what you've seen from Marshall McLaughlin and for Robbie McCrory himself? Uh, 
Yeah, he's got a, he has got a future. He's doing well at Livingston. Um, definitely got a future. He's established himself now. That's him now doing it. It wasn't just a fluke one season. He's going back and he's done it again this season. So bright future for him. I can see him coming back next season and challenging. Maybe not for Scotland just yet, but if he gets into the Rangers first team, then he becomes the then he becomes the Scotland number one. Marshall's ready to retire as well, I'd imagine quite soon. I actually like how Steve Clark's sort of approached this as well, because Robbie McCrory could have played for the under twenty ones uh like in the in the past sort of few campaigns, but he's actually been called up to the first team. So this experience of, you know, no no throwing him in the deep end and things like that. Let's be realistic, your third choice keeper is barring a disaster going to play, you know, unless it's a friendly and maybe give them a few minutes, they're probably not going to play. So I think I actually quite like how he's went about it. He's brought him in, he's, you know, Steve Clark's obviously trying to build like a sort of team environment, you know, that's what they always talk about in international. So like they're trying to integrate him into the squad, feel more comfortable around him. Even in like training sessions, like dealing with the likes of you know Andy Robertson and you know the other defenders and things like that, knowing how they play. So I actually like how he's went about this. And yes, he might not play or he might not play for maybe even a year, year and a half. But being in and about the team, I really like how he's done that. And it's it's only good for when he hopefully does step into the number one jersey. He's got that experience about it. No, I agree with you. I think he benefits so much more for being in and around the first team than he does playing at under 21 level when he, he probably won't he, he's already faced all those challenges he's playing first team football now starting with you Scott, Ryan Jack he he started the game against Israel when he came on against Slovakia um, Scotland, kind of, kind of like Rangers they are midfield heavy but you look at the players Scotland have in midfield uh, Callum McGregor John McGinn Stuart Armstrong, John Fleck, Kenny McLean. It's it's really good to see that, again, Ryan Jack isn't there just because he's a Rangers player. He's there because he's good enough. And I don't think he looks at a place in that Scotland midfield every time he comes on. No, definitely. Uh, I don't think it was his best game, per se, against uh, Israel. And he didn't play much against uh, Slovakia. But it shows you how, how highly... Uh, Steve Clark and his team team rate him that he's he obviously does a job that, that we need from it. As you say, the centre midfield, you're forgetting Scott McTominay there as well, who's, you know, in the, the Man United. I know he's playing at a position, but he could be playing there as well. So I think it shows you how, how highly they they rate him and how he goes about his his business in international duty. So um as you say, for Scotland uh, the 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 main position like the the bulk of the position or the, the best quality is in the centre of the park and the fact that he is starting when there's only two or three players playing in that position really shows that he you know he's he's up to the up to the standard and um you know I think he would I think he would be a starting position for for the, the qualifier when when they play Serbia as well. If he's if he's fit and he's playing well, he should be starting. I thought he was the best man in the pitch. You know, it's not hard to be the best man in the pitch against Israel because they were all rotten. But I really thought uh, Jack had a right good game. Um, controlled the midfield. He was the one bossing it. He was the one pushing things forward. It's just once it got forward, there was nothing. There was not one shot and goal in that full game. It wasn't until the penalty that there was a shot and goal. But I, I, I really thought um, Jack had a good game. 
I think you're right. I think the Jack's biggest quality is how far up he can get the ball moving uh, for deep in the attacking areas. But every time, every time we got further up the pitch, there wasn't too much. There wasn't too much support. Uh, Dykes and McBurney, they, they weren't properly on fire. But I think he, he was getting the ball moving up from deep. I think I, I, I see in terms of like the the Slovak. Uh, Sorry, the Serbia game that we'll be playing that that will suit Jack down to a T. You know what I mean? Like it'll be backs against the wall. He'll he'll cut out play and he'll he'll get attacks moving. So you'll I, th- I think I'm, I know you're saying he had a a good game. Graham maybe one of the best players in the park. I think you know like you'll see it more though in the the bigger game against you know sort of Serbia when there's a bit more quality up against you. If you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I thought Dykes actually had a good game as well. I, th- I thought Dykes, it was his partner, Boy uh, McBurney. He didn't do much. He was miles away. Dykes was winning a lot of heaters. He was bringing, he was trying to bring people into play, but there was nobody even about him at all. McBurney was always 20, 30 yards away. And when it was the opposite, when the ball was getting pumped up to McBurney, he, he was just hopeless. Every time he heated it, it was going directly up in the air and landing back down again, or it was going nowhere near a, a teammate. He was hoping, but I thought Dykes did a decent enough game. I mean, Burnley's such a strange one. It's, he, he seems to do fairly well for Sheffield United uh, in a decent Sheffield United team at that. And I know I know uh, Rangers social media goes mad for him because he's a Rangers fan, but I only ever see him play for Scotland and I, I don't see the fuss at all with Ollie McBurnley. Um, was it 20-odd million he went for, which is... Wild, wild, and some people say we should sell Morelos for eight million, but I'm going to leave that there. Uh, before we get to Morelos, um, a couple of other updates: Philip Hollander and Borna Barisic. They both came back from the international squad before playing a game with slight injury knocks. As far as I know, it's nothing to be concerned about, but it was just a precaution, uh, so they're no, they're no facing any chance of a long-term injury knock. What about Kamara? I don't know, he didn't play, did he come back? Or? So he didn't play the first game, but he actually played the full 90 uh, yesterday. When, and let's stick with Kamara for now. Um, Graham, he plays a bit further forward for Finland. Um, not quite, a, we spoke before, he's not quite that number 10 off a striker, but if you think of how Rangers set up, you've got maybe two sitters and then one further forward. Glenn Kamara's a further forward thinking player. Do you think it's maybe just a different setup? He's international football, depending on a team, it's not not quite sometimes not quite as competitive. Do you think we can maybe tie him out um, elsewhere on the pitch, or are we using him to the best of his ability? I believe they can all be coached. They can all be coached into a position. Um, got a great coaching staff there, midfielders Gerard and McAllister. You know, you can't, you're learning for the best there, so. Any of those midfield players that we've got could be coached to play at a different, slightly different position in which they're playing at the moment. But Kamara, I um, holds the ball up well. He sometimes does that we silly turn where he tries to shield the ball. But I for for uh, for Finland, it does look as if he's got a more. It just, it just looks more a bit more dynamic. He seems to drive forward a good bit, a good bit better, and he's head up looking for passes, but. Yeah, we're not quite seen it at Rangers just yet, are we? 
No, and I, I made the point a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if this is maybe maybe that Gerard does like his, his set formations and maybe it is a bit rigid for him. Um, I actually think we've seen a bit of a difference. Gerard in one of his post-match interviews a few weeks ago asked about um, Glenn Kamara getting forward and he said that he's got a job to do um, and has to do that first and foremost, but there is licence to get forward when the opportunity is there. And I think a couple of weeks after that, you've seen Kamara a bit more forward-thinking, joining that kind of like seven-man attack that we usually have. So hopefully... Hopefully, um, I'm not saying I, I want him playing off Morelos every week, but I'd like to, if he's all that talent in his locker, it'd be good for him to be able to express his ability. No, that was all. I was just saying it's another option that we can utilise if, you know, if we do, if we're ever short or we want to try something different, I'd, I'd, I'd have no qualms about putting him in there. Yanis Hadji, he, he played... He came off the bench in Romania's first game and he started, played 60 minutes yesterday. I can't remember who they were playing, but got pumped both times. And he's came out in, uh, I think, in, I don't know, the Romanian record, some paper earlier. Uh, just saying that it's a, a squad going through a poor slump of form. I was hoping he was going to have a, a good game, uh, at least one game, because I think he's been quite quiet the last few weeks, Scott, and I was hoping this would maybe be a confidence booster coming into the Celtic game, but I've said it before, and I think uh, there is method to my badness. I think he is going to be a player who goes quiet for long periods of the games and just pop up with something or nothing. So there's a, an argument he might not need the confidence booster. What do you think? I've got a point. I mean... I don't think he's had the best start to the season, but he's still contributed the most assists in the league and things like that. So he's obviously sort of backs up your theory. He goes, he might go quiet um, in games, and then he'll just come up with a all important pass. I mean, you look at the the Galatasaray game. Like, the, the, I know it was a simple pass, but it's you know you might not see any other players with that sort of finesse and, and, and quality. So. Aye, as you say, we need to be patient with him. Just, um, I mean, we were talking last week as well about, you know, who you start for old firm um, and things like that. Just a wee bit of a, you can't have any passengers in the big games, you know. You need people to work, you need people to contribute. Um, and sometimes I think it does seem like a man, man down. I, I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but... I'd much rather, you know, somebody, you know, sort of giving it all and, you know, even if they're not playing a killer pass all the time, they're contributing and bringing the ball forward and things like that. So, I, it's it's just, it's, obviously, it's a different, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I don't know any Romanian, other Romanian players off the top of my head, so it might just be like a, quite a poor football nation. I don't know whether they are in the, the world rankings or anything, so it might be quite difficult for him to, if he's not got the quality around him, I think he's a sort of player where he needs, he needs, people who are on his level, you know what I mean, to really make a difference. So, yeah, it's, um, I know it'll be upsetting for the Romanian fans, but <laughs> hopefully he comes back and, and finds his form. Last player will come to, uh, I'll start with you, Graham. So, Alfredo Morelos, he's now staying until at least January. He's been called back in the Columbia squad. A lot of Colombian fans are quite unhappy. He actually, he actually, issued a statement in uh, the local news newspaper just saying that he's playing at a high level. I think 
I think the remaining fans were having a dig at he's not done too much for Colombia and he's only playing in Scotland. So Morelos is saying he's earned merit and Scotland's a decent league and he plays in the Europa League kind of thing. He should be making an impact at that level. Um, I know they've brought the likes of Falcao, James Rodriguez, but I'm not saying he's good enough to be standing out. But I think if he really wants to push himself the way he wants to get, he is good enough to be making an impact for Colombia. Yeah, I think so. Um, he's, he's got the potential, but there's a lot of good players in front of him. There really is. Um, I watched the highlights of their game and the goal, there was a goal that was scored. Keeper threw it to the boy, left wing, picks it up and he's in half and he just drove with pace, head down pace and just drove, drove, drove and then struck it. Um, so I, he's, got, he's got a lot of players to to shift if he's going to get a start in a, start in a living slot, but certainly got the potential. Um, and that's what we should see Morelos is, is at the moment. He has just no potential. He's still a young guy. He's got plenty of time to develop. And if, if we can hang on to him beyond January, that's all, all, all the better for Rangers. I can see him scoring. If he gets his boots back on and starts scoring, well, I'm sure he'll go on a streak. Aye. Uh, I'm sure every Rangers fan listening will, will be hoping that he does. Starting Saturday. I said last week if he gets a if he gets a, a goal uh, for Colombia, he's a confidence player. If he gets a goal for Colombia, even though he's arriving back in Glasgow Friday morning, he's first name in the team sheet for me. I think uh, I'm Alfredo Morelos with a swagger about him. He's just unplayable in Scotland. Um, so I absolutely. If he's um, in a mood and he comes back a bit mopey, then it's maybe a better decision to make. Well, that'll bring us to a close for this episode. We'll, we'll actually be back on Thursday night with a preview to the Old Firm game on Saturday morning. All that's left to do is thank my two co-hosts, Mr Scott Hodge. Cheers, Colin. Cheers, Graham. And Graham Curley. Thanks very much, boys. Catch you soon. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.